When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming on right here for you, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Truly appreciate you watching and listening. Please go ahead and like, follow, support us today, wherever you can, right there for you, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Kick, wherever you catch us, even on YouTube, you can go ahead and subscribe today on YouTube to get the latest notifications on when we go live in the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break Podcast, plus also as well, we have got a live free agency special starting at 2 p.m. tomorrow, so we get all the latest news, the tidbits, who's going where, for how much, we'll rate and grade all the the different contracts out there, so we'll go ahead and do that tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, starting then, free agency officially starts at 3 p.m., but you know there's going to be some conversation beforehand. And we'll go ahead and do it right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Laker Tom is already committed to it. So I'm looking forward to seeing if Joe Stone and the rest of the crew can come on down and join our live free agent spe- special. We're, we're going to go for at least two, three hours. So hopefully you get a chance to join us then as well. Stephanie says, any news on the Lakers might sign? We'll, find, we'll talk about that absolutely indeed for a free agency special. Glad to have you here, Stephanie. Intel, I will say it is my fault this time around as far as me being a diva it wasn't joe being a diva this time it was me i was enjoying some jersey mics for just a couple minutes longer before i started the show i gotta eat sometime guys sorry sorry but it is a great time to go ahead and talk free agents as there's been uh, quite a few things that have come up in free agency today we'll talk about the lakers talk about the nba talk about james harden kyrie irving all the stuff that's going on and share our opinions on it right here. But I do want to make one mention before we start the show that I do want to thank everybody that got a chance to watch our Lakers History 101 graduation ceremony yesterday. I did want to make an amendment on some additional names that also graduated after we went off the air. Wanted to go ahead and say thank you to Aussie, Mississippi Dog, Lifted, Johnny 2K6, and Raphael 562 Lakers. You guys are also 
graduates of Lakers Fast Break University as part of our first graduating class of 2023. So congratulations to you on that as well. If you want to see the whole ceremony, it's right there for you wherever you get your podcast. But it is the NBA free agency. We're all waiting for all the juicy tidbits and the news and the items and all the stuff coming out. We've been seeing it all day long. But the first thing is the Lakers themselves. And the Lakers did wave Shaquille Harrison and Mo Bamba today. Mo Bamba, we weren't sure if we were going to wave him or not or utilize possibly him in a trade down the line. The Lakers said they would be open to the possibility after he clears waivers on signing him back at some point down in time. They also decided to not pick up the final year of the contract for Malik Beasley making him a free agent, but they've also said that they would be able to be open to negotiations as well. That leaves the Lakers as according to Bobby Marks earlier today, Bobby Marks said that the Lakers will have out in free agency, a chance to go ahead and sign for uh, the Lakers for the mid-level exception of in excess of $12 million. So that's good for the Lakers, but also as well, they will have a biannual exception of about four, a little over $4 million. I'll get you the exact numbers here in a bit. Plus, they will also have the veteran minimums and likes. So I'm going to turn it to the guys right now and answer. We'll make sure, yes, Intel says Jersey Mike's is way better than Subway. Which which is better than Jersey Mike's? Try it if you haven't. I agree. Subway is... Roadkill is better than Subway. Yeah, absolutely. It, when, when McDonald's is a step up from Subway, that tells you how bad it is. But... Yes, it is $12.4 million for the mid-level exception, and I'll get you the biannual exception here, here in a sec. But here today to talk a, about all the options. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, so It's about $5.5 million okay. for the, uh, the biannual. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll now go ahead and verify that in a second. But here today is the man indeed. He we is such a welcome part of this show. We love having him on anytime he chooses to be here. He asks to be here. He's, he just He's decompressed after the NBA draft and all the stuff that he did and the 5 million shows, which you still need to check out, and also the postmortems that he has for the Upside Swings NBA Draft podcast on Upside Swings. It is Stone Hansen and Stone. I will start with you, my friend. Any surprises with the announcements today of the releasing of the contracts or basically the releasing and letting the individuals go, Shaq Harrison, Mo Bamba, and Malik Beasley letting them go and not saving two of those contracts, primarily the Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley contracts, not uh, retaining those contracts for a possible trade down the line. No, not in particular, no. Um, and I think I don't think Beasley was officially released quite yet, but I think the report was he will be. Uh, and from what I have heard, that is true. Um, I'm not super plugged by any means. Uh, I'm not a newsbreaker, but I have a couple people that I know um, that have you know, mentioned he's probably not going to get picked it's up. It's a four and a half million biannual exception, according to Bobby. Four Mason. and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that is just a signal that there's nothing, there's no market for them, right? They're, you can't trade there, even though they're expiring, it doesn't matter because they're not playable. Uh, generally speaking, those type of contracts if they are moved and it's for guys that aren't really rotation players um they're moved at the trade deadline rather than free agency because teams would rather only have half a year of that than 
you know, spend a full year of a roster spot that is pretty much just a placeholder. Um, so yeah, generally it's it, those guys, if they kept them, it, they would have, you know, ended up using them at the trade of them. I do like Shaq Harrison. Like that is someone I would be interested in bringing back on a veteran minimum deal. And actually I wrote a list of guys like for each exception and, and vet means that if we want to talk. Oh, about we want to hear it show, all. We want to hear it all. My yeah, friend. We'll give we can, you all the time you need, my friend. We can get to, um, but Shaq Harrison is one of them. Like, I think he's a really good point of attack defender. I think, the Lakers needed that last year and didn't utilize him, but I think that uh, he's someone that could fill that role when we need at times. Um, Bamba, I don't want back at all. I know there's people that have... The... Really? I think you didn't want him on day one. It's about what I remember. <laughs> yeah, and people think that, um, you know, there's a chance that, that Bamba and Beasley could return on lower-level deals, uh, even though we're not And, and Beasley them. would come back with bird rights, I will let you know as well. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really interest me at all. Like neither of these players to me are worth a roster spot. So I wouldn't really have them in consideration for that. Um, people I know want a backup center. They're desperate. I get that. Bomba's not the answer. There's not many answers out there, but Bomba certainly isn't one. So I, I don't really see, um, you know, either of those guys, as they should come back and whether they do is a different story. And I think that the, it seems to me like they'd probably be like the Lakers are are keeping them in their back pocket, right? Like if uh, free agency doesn't go as planned or if they have one or two open roster spots left over, maybe they end up, um, you know, offering one of these guys like a vet min type deal, or they bring Beasley back as like a, you know, uh, they use part of the middle level exception if they're not able to use the full one on somebody else, which we can get to in a little bit. But um, I think they are content letting those guys sit on the the free agent market as they uh, prioritize other things. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is our free agency's preview right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today at LakersBall.com as Ox1947. It is the guy behind Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you here again, my friend. You and I have been trying to burn the midnight oil each and every night for everyone out there at the Lakers Fast Break. Great to have you back. It's the one of the best times of the year for us as NBA and Lakers fans. It's I, I, Stone Hansen talked about draft time is his Christmas. This is almost like a second Christmas for us because of all the fun and all the the things that could wacky things sometimes that can happen in NBA free agency. I'm interested in seeing what the what the first offer is going to be. I, I, I I'm the whomever wants to play the restricted game, they're going to have to do it right away so that it triggers the two-day matching window. So let's say free agency starts tomorrow at 2, right? Yeah, at 3. We're on at 2 just because we want to hear – there's going to be a lot of news to cover before that. Okay, so 3 o'clock it starts, and then let's say they get – let's say someone offers Austin Reeves at – 301 Pacific time, um, 99 and four. The Lakers then have until, uh, I, I actually did have a question here. Does two days mean the weekend too, or does that go to Monday? 
As far as what? I haven't been able to find any on that. As far as uh, matching offers? Yeah, what's technically it, two days? Um, it's, they, it's two days. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's not Because I remember Larry Kuhn saying if, if the offer is in the afternoon or in the, in the morning, they can, they'll, they'll, like in the morning, like if it's in the afternoon, they'll give you another day or something. So let's just say it's the Lakers have to match by 301 Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, whomever offers that contract to Reeves, knowing that the Lakers are going to match it, are they going to risk losing out on free agents in those two days? I didn't think about that initially when I was thinking about the Spurs. Because you have to, you have that decision you have to make because right. it's a hold. Right. So now are who's bluffing? is going to be the question. Are the Lakers bluffing on matching? Are media types going on and making it up that the Lakers will match any offer? That's a question because the Rui thing has gotten me kind of thinking that. Not so much Austin. I'd say I believe that. But why are they saying we're going to match any offer Rui gets? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the thing is, though, when it comes to Austin Reese, and we'll start off with him first because he is the most important to, uh, you know, our success going forward that we're looking at retaining. It's the Gilbert Arenas provision. And because this goes dates back to the first couple years, after the first couple seasons with Golden State, Gilbert Arenas, uh, when is, uh, you know, going to the Washington Wizards in the process, you know, signed a contract Basically, it you know it became a, a benchmark for what you can do for similar players going forward, which Austin Reeves, after two years, falls under that umbrella. His next, whatever contract you sign him to, Joe, his first two years, I believe, have to be around 12 and change, 12 and a half million. It's the, the poison pill or huge spike he gets in year three, year four, or year five is what you're looking at. How much can these teams go ahead and offer him because the Lakers can only offer him initially so much. It's so weird, Joe, because they can only tender him and offer him so much, which is more than what he would get in the open market. So they have to wait until a Houston or San Antonio or somebody else goes ahead and makes him an offer before they can actually match it and move on from there. It's, it's, it's a really complicated and, and sometimes needlessly so system where it just is not always advantageous for the actual signing team. The numbers are favorable for the Lakers because the balloon payments aren't until LeBron's likely retired. Mm -hmm. So we have two seasons right now to play with a much smaller contract, which currently, if if, if it is, let's say, four years for 99, uh, Austin would get paid 11-3 this coming year. The following year would be 11-9, and then that's when the balloon payment in the third year starts which would be 36.9, and then the final year, and uh, the, the final fourth year would be uh, 38.5. If he, if he were to be offered that much. If he were to be offered that much, which I'm, I'm going to be waiting to see who wants to risk, knowing that the Lakers are going to match, risk losing out in the first two days of free agency. That's, that's going to be an interesting little poker game between whoever, do, whomever does that. And if the reports are true that the Lakers are going to match anything and insiders know it's true, we might not see anybody offer. We might not see anybody offer uh, Austin Reeves a deal. Uh, and that's, that could be an issue, yeah, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I would be surprised if someone didn't take that. As, 
if you look at the teams that have cap space, right? Like that's that's where we're gonna have to look. Um, I don't think the Rockets offer anything, right? I think the Rockets are are pivoting towards Fred Van Vliet. That's their main focus, it seems. Hmm. That's who they want to spend their money on. They have um, about what forty million. 60 cap space 60 60 million yeah cap space. And, and fred's gonna take about half of that and i know they i think are... 40 million just to get to that 90 percent cap hold because uh threshold yeah. because everybody has to be 90 percent by opening of night. the salary cap by opening day yes yeah so uh, fred's gonna take like 40 because they're gonna max him out for a couple years probably um dylan brooks is on their radar uh, so all that to say basically like austin reese probably isn't a rocket and then you look at other teams. The Jazz uh, just took away a lot of their salary by taking on John, John Collins. Collins. Um, and then you look at uh, Sacramento the Pistons. Sacramento just did the same thing by re-signing Harrison Barnes. Uh, well, that's diff- I have to get clarification on that because I know he signed an extension. I don't know how that affects their salary in the free agency market. I can look that up. Let me see. Well, they were they were they were in the negative as of today. Well, they had about 30 in, no, in cash. They had space. about 30. After they made the Rashawn Holmes trade, Joe, they had about 30 in free cap space. I guess, I guess my, my numbers are not updated yet. Okay. Um. So, regardless, Sacramento's probably not like a landing spot, really, for Austin. And then you Hold look up. at... I, they've got 18 in room. Okay, 18, yeah. Before it, bringing back Trey Lyles, if they make him an offer, they have Which 18. I would guess he goes back. And before um, renegotiating an extension on uh, DeMontis Savonis. So. Yeah. Uh, so they're out of it. And then you look at the Pistons. They just drafted a guard. They have tons of cards. Cade's coming back. They don't really need it, another. It um, is San Antonio and Houston it's, right now. It, I think it's just San Antonio. Like, I think when you, when you go through process of elimination, I think you're left with San Antonio. And when you look at San Antonio – I think they're a team that would be willing to do what Joe's saying and and take that risk where they miss out fine. um, But they're in a rebuilding state where they can afford to, they don't have their whole season writing on free agency, right? They're not, they're not like we have to get big name free agents in order to really push our timeline forward. They're in a rebuild. And I think they're a team that would be willing to risk a lot by, by throwing, Austin Reeves money and and not just money. I think they could be willing to throw big money. If you're the Lakers, I think that there's a a strong possibility that the Lakers are going to have to match massive money to keep Reeves. And I think they probably do it, but I think that Lakers fans are going to have to be prepared for a, a lot of money going towards Reeves with what San Antonio can offer. Um, and, the Lakers have to, right? Like they're in a position where you have to keep Reeves. You let him go, then it's like there's there's no replacing him in the free agent market. Um, we don't have the the salary cap to really do that. We're a team that's going to be operating over the salary cap. We're we're going to be operating below the tax apron, but above the salary cap, meaning we do not have salary space to fill. So we can't go out and just simply throw twenty million to somebody else to replace Reeves. That's not how it's going to work. So you have to keep Reeves because if you let him go, he is your third star. You can't find that third star another way. Um, and if your goal really is to win, then you're, and if that's truly the goal, then you have to keep Reeves and make that your third star to really give yourself a chance. Um, and I think that that's 
probably going to come at a very expensive cost. Uh, I don't think so as of yet. I think, Steph, that he's got uh, a little bit more left in the tank. So, unfortunately, I don't think you are correct on that one. But I wonder how your golf game is doing right there. I know you're in Las Vegas with Thompson. So, how's life for you, Steph Curry, after your dynasty has ended? So, please let us know on that whenever you can right here at the Lakers Fast Break. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Gerald Glassford along with Stone Hansen and Joe Sorrell. Great to have you here. Zangerstein says Lakers can offer Reeves a 54 for four years. It goes up every year. I think the off the, but remember, they can match. If somebody goes and bids higher, they have the opportunity to match. And that's what we're looking at because I have a feeling it's going to go much higher than just the four for 54, if that's the case. Joe, how high do you think the bidding will be for Austin Reeves? I don't know. I'm 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 preparing for 99 and four. If they that's, are going that's to such a random number, the 99. I just if funny. if if someone is truly gonna troll the Lakers, might as well just go all the way. And I, I would say since Popovich's brain is always in Laker crap, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if he does risk trying to see if the Lakers are bluffing that they would sign it, they would match. That's the only thing I can see right now because Houston, word is Houston's either going they're going to drop probably forty per, which I can't figure out why for Fred Van Fleet, but it's only going to likely be for two years. And then there's a lot of interest for Kuzma, and I've heard reports that they're going to offer uh, Brook Lopez a deal as well. Brook Lopez, I think, will get at least twenty per for at least two years. Could be three. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. And that'll be a sh- oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Stone. I was just going to say that I obviously am a Lakers fan, but looking at it objectively through the Spurs, kind of like if you if you put your mind in a Spurs space, almost why wouldn't they offer Reeves a massive contract? And in, in either they take on that money and they have a good player, it's going to cost them a lot of money, but he is a good player. Or you know that the Lakers really need Austin Reeves. And if they match, they're going to be paying him a lot. But if they don't match, they're going to be absolutely screwed. And you take them out as probably a contender. So from the Spurs side of things, I think you have to see that side and put your, your head in their sort of space and view that as sort of the realistic, you know, prism of which they're going to view it and, and be prepared to offer Austin quite a bit of money because of that. Another name that's out there that obviously the Lakers have a, a great importance to go ahead and sign before we get into all the news and notes from earlier today is Rui Hashimura. Joe, what are your thoughts on what Rui Hashimura it seems to have, after an initial bit of interest, kind of cooled as far as the talk in regards to him. There's still talk he will probably get an MLE somewhere, if not a little bit more. Your thoughts on Rumi Hashimura, what he can get in the open market? Well, it'd be nice if his market is the MLE. The Lakers can then offer him 
a few more million just to say thank you and get him back on the team. I think the focus right now is really more about what will materialize with our MLE. 12.4 million. What the, What is that going to get us? Uh, right now, if I had a hope, it would be in some way of getting a center that was worth a darn because I think that's really ultimately what we need. But I don't see it happening. It's just I think the centers that are available that would be a benefit are, are going to be commanding more money, way more money. And that's going to be something of great interest because, like you said, there's a limited amount of effective centers out there in the open market. Like uh, I think that Vucevic contract was a dumb contract for Chicago. Stone, your thoughts on it? Because he did resign uh, with he did resign with Chicago for three years. Yeah, that set the market. That set the market. That's which, an, such an overpay for him. Yeah, it's an overpay, and uh, it, you're not going to convince me if I'm I'm Brooke Lopez's agent. I'm going to basically use that as the springboard you guys i have the guy that's got a few years left that was what was he second uh, in the defensive player of the year voting uh he can shoot the three he's tall he's a good team player what more do you want from 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 that position i yeah I be a great fit alongside ad now and the other thing is you all stuff factor in guys he's already a champion so he's not going to really be thinking about winning a title anymore he's going to be thinking how can i get the biggest contract i can get that's why houston's uh, a a good spot for him number one he's going you know to get the most money there and uh, and he's gonna get the tax benefits and going to houston as well Devotion. i would be shocked oh, i think if he left uh the milwaukee i think milwaukee is uh, the the first thing is like I, I do think that when you win with a team usually you're gonna want to stay with the team especially when you're as big a piece as brooke lopez is right like bruce brown is a little different case because he's not really he's not starting for them or anything like lopez is a big portion of why their defense works the way it does um and he's so integral to them and i think he they, he values that and i think the bucks value that and i think the bucks would be willing to pay quite a bit i think they have his bird rights, so they'd be willing to pay quite a bit to keep him around um, and I'd, I'd be pretty stunned actually if he moved away from like a championship contender for probably like a few more million dollars to Houston because I think most of that Houston money is going to be tied up with Fred Van Vliet and it's going to be really tough for him to get like a ton more, you know, than Milwaukee could give him. But I do think the Vooch deal is weird. Like it's, uh, you know, they're now in this, you know, purgatory position that they're constantly in. Um, they have no direction per usual. They 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 have no draft picks. They made probably the worst trade in NBA history, or one of, uh, when they traded for Wendell and then essentially Franz Wagner. And you know, we Jet we Howard. can't say we can't throw stones at glass houses, Westbrook. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it's up there, but it's it's one of for sure. And honestly, Vooch is not that good anymore. Like, I'm I'm happy he's not on the Lakers, honestly, because. Um, as much as we need a shooting big, he's at, at one of the worst defenders as a starting center. So I, I'm not interested in him for as a Laker. Uh, and I think that 20 million is like a, a pretty gross overpay. I would maybe give him the MLE, but even then, I'd be sort of iffy on that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really want Vooch on the Lakers, and I don't think the Bulls probably most of their fans will want him on the Bulls either. 
Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is, of course, right here, our NBA free agency preview. Much to discuss. We're going on for a while. We don't have any stop time on this. We're going to just have fun talking tonight in regards to the NBA free agency. Also here today is good man indeed. You just missed him, so catch it on YouTube at the John McCallion channel. While you're there, please subscribe. He was just finishing his stream. He's hopped onto ours and is much appreciated. It is the man indeed, John McCallion. John, great to have you back, my friend. It is free agency. It is tomorrow. I know that Joe, I know that Stone, we've talked so much about it. We're going to talk a lot more. You saw the maneuvers that they did getting rid or at least letting go of Bamba, Beasley, and Shaquille Harrison freeing up a $12.4 million and a $4.5 million biannual space right now, plus any veteran minimums. Your thoughts on who the Lakers might go after. I know there's some back and forth about maybe we should stop talking about point guards and centers, and maybe we should talk about wings. I don't see the wings market on the free agency side good enough to go ahead and spend the kind of money that you need to to get a really quality wing because uh, I think Cam Johnson's just going to go too high. But your thoughts on what the Lakers should do with the money they have tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, you brought up a really good point um, in terms of free agent targets. You know. Um... Rob Palenka, you know, he's preaching continuity and, you know, trying to make himself like, you know, seem like he's smarter than the actions he's made over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, like you said, the truth of the matter is that there's really not that many good targets. It's better for them to retain, um, you know, Dennis Schroeder, um, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell, depending on what kind of, you know, what kind of deal they make. But I think they should. I, I really like the uh, the Bruce Brown. If, if we could sign Bruce Brown to the full MLE, that would be really good. Um, but, you know, we're going to have some competition. So Zagerside just said, uh, Bruce just found out Bruce Brown was. Oh, we don't want them anymore. We don't want them anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no he, he'd, be, he'd be a great pickup. And, you know, like I said, um, in terms of the wing market, um, you know, um, Harrison, he signed with Sacramento today, three years, $18, $15 million. Yeah, Andre Drummond, I want to let everybody, because his name's posting in the chat, he just re-upped for $3 million and change. Uh, with Keep the him away from L.A., too. We don't even know if he was <laughs> right. available. Right. Didn't work once. So. Yeah, I think the, the Harrison Barnes deal kind of sets the market for Kuzma. I don't know if he'll re-sign with Washington. Or, uh, just like the Vucevic deal. Good point. Yeah, exactly. Well, Vucevic, you know, he, he's he's more of a center. Barnes and Kuzma are more. But you know, does Kuzma have a market now? Because he was in the sights supposedly for Sacramento. I don't know. I think I, I think he'll have a bit of a market. You know, teams with cap space. I think they'll be interested in signing him if they have a wing. But I'm not saying it's a big market. But I think it'll set. You know, kind of like whatever whatever he'll get. Because um, you know, I, I think they're a little bit similar in um, in skill set. Um, but yeah, I, I think if we can get Bruce Brown, I think that'll be huge. And, you know, all the other dominoes will fall into place. Joe, I got to ask you this, my friend, as we are back here again with the Lakers fast break, I wanted to go ahead and talk to you about the big uh, announcement today of James Harden. Uh, he picked up and the total surprise, the ESPN guys knew nothing of this. They actually all blew it. I saw them. The stuff in the morning where we we're talking about, oh, he's gonna re-sign with the Sixers. He's gonna get an extension, you know, sign a new free. He's gonna opt out. He's gonna sign the the contract, big contract with them, or he's gonna go to Houston. La 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 la. I've heard that for weeks and days, and everybody thought he was gonna go back to 76. Well, he re-upped his contract for the final year of his contract, Joe, for 36 million, I believe, and change. I wanted to go ahead and ask you his desire, according to Shams and Woj, is that he wants to be traded with the Clippers and the Knicks as the most likely suitors. 
I get the Clippers because, you know, obviously what they need at the point guard position, and he did lead the league in assists, but, you know, obviously we've seen him not be able to execute it consistently in the playoffs. I don't get the Knicks. I don't understand how that could be the case with Jalen Brunson there doing such a sensational job for them. But your thoughts, does that open up the door for the Los Angeles Lakers? No. <laughs> why why is that even a thought? No. He's going to go to the Clippers. Because I was looking for that answer, Jim. He's going to go to the Clippers for Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, and Marcus Morris, plus probably a couple of draft picks. I think uh, the Clippers have a 28 and a 30. I don't know if they'll give both. They might give one. I don't know. But uh, everyone but the Lakers uh, will give up nothing to get stars. And when I say stars, I, I mean that kind of as a joke. I would love for a douche like James Harden to go play for the ultimate douche franchise with the douche owner so they can douche it out even more next year when it matters. Uh, I just want to see if maybe that package might change into a Paul George because I'm still trying to figure out why the hell the Sixers will do that trade. Well, again, if it, you know, for whatever reason, he just does not want to stay in Philadelphia. I don't know why he just re-upped for that final year. I don't know what his, because he's going to become a free agent well, next see, here's year the thing. Here's at the an thing. older age. He'll be like well, 35. When, when, you've, when you've gone to as many strip clubs as James Harden has, <laughs> he's obviously worn out all the ones in Houston. He's <laughs> worn out the ones in Brooklyn. He looks like he's worn out the ones in Philly, and now he's ready to come to L.A., probably the mecca of of sleaze, other than maybe your town, right? So, well, that is Sin City. What other what what other reasons would he need to go to the Clippers? Seriously, it's it's he, almost he like by here. You realize he stopped by here during the playoffs. A, 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 James Harden going to the Clippers is is the opposite of when Lyle Alzado went to the Raiders. The ultimate Raider went to the Raiders later in his career and was the perfect fit, except that produced something good. They won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl, and the ultimate Raider went to the Raiders, and they they, they were able to win, win the championship. With James Harden, the ultimate, I don't want to call him a choker, just the ultimate not being able to win, going to a team of losers, loser franchise, come on, you, you can't write this. I'm just, I just want to see... <laughs> what package goes to Philly and why would this package be even considered if you're Maury? Why would Daryl Maury make this trade? There is nothing coming back to you. What, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me unless Paul George is in that, that deal or they give him what 18 second round picks. That seems to be the, the new thing now in the NBA, give you a hundred thousand second round picks so that you can do whatever you want with. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I hope it happens because it just will stamp the fact that the, the Clippers aren't winning Jack squat uh, next year. So I'm all for it. And it looks like their plans fall one by one by one. They couldn't get uh, Brogdon. And, uh, you know, obviously Chris Paul fell out of the, the road thing for both us and the Clippers. So, yeah, it's definitely a kind of. Uh, I will say this, though. I will say this. James Harden will be playing at least. He does yes. play. He does play. So they have except, that going for him. Except for those hamstrings that sometimes get gets the best of him. Well, he's still there in the end. I mean, injuries happen, but at least he's not out for months like Kawhi or Paul Paul George. Yeah, that's true. Absolute point. And Paul George's name has been on the block uh, recently. Uh, you know, during the draft and. 
and preceding days as far as that's concerned. So we'll see what happens with the Clippers mess right now. It's the once vaunted team that they are is not looking quite as good as it once was, but that's always enjoyable for us right here at the Lakers fast break stone. I want to ask you this, my friend, you also heard the news as we will get back into the Lakers here in just a second, but you also heard the news of Kyrie Irving uh, making inference that he, as of uh, 3 PM tomorrow, will go and make some time for Phoenix. If you didn't think he has already, then you're just kidding yourself because they do talk already. Your thoughts, though, on Kyrie Irving wanting to go or wanting to at least talk to Phoenix? Uh, yeah, I think he's a maverick. I, I think but I don't see him taking that much of a pay cut to go to Phoenix. What could they offer him? I believe they have their full Emily. I think that's the max they'd be able to give him. Um, okay. But I don't think that's going to be nearly enough. Um, the Mavericks are in a very the good spot to retain Kyrie because nobody's bidding against them. Nobody's going to have the money to pay a whole lot more than an MLE or be interested in it. Um, I'm not going to go through the list of teams that have caps case because we already did that earlier, but none of those teams make sense for Kyrie. So um, Houston, they, but that, I don't think Houston wants any part of that. No, I think, I think Fred Van Vliet's just locked in right now for yeah. Houston. And so Dallas could bring him back for like, I mean, they could bring him back for like 20 million a year. Now, Kyrie is obviously very temperamental. And if you give him an offer like that, maybe it's enough for him to be like, never mind, I'll take an MLE somewhere else because you've insulted me. Who knows? Uh, nobody can predict what he wants, but I can That's for sure. um, figure that he's looking for long-term money. He wants a four or five-year deal. He's not going to want a one, two, three-year deal uh, because he wants that long-term assurance with the way his career has gone uh, due to whatever issues deserved or undeserved and how he's perceived. Um, he's going to want long-term security, financial security. And I think Dallas is ultimately the only realistic option for that to happen. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is our NBA free agency special. It is a great cast. I have, I'm truly blessed that we have all these great voices here tonight John, I bring it back to you, my friend, when you're seeing engaging what the Lakers could do. I know that Stone has a list. I want him to get to it. Uh, when you're seeing what the Lakers can do, is there any names that pop out to you? I had dropped uh, the other day a name that a lot of people were saying, you know, nobody had said this name before. And so, you know, if it does happen, I want to get the credit for it. And that is Christian Wood. Christian Wood as an offensive big man, the thing is, though, you know, a lot of people are talking about why are we so focused on moving AD over? And if you just want to understand why, check Joe's rants out. He did like three last week on why we need to move AD back over to the four just for the wear and tear purposes alone. But as a guy who could get so much on the offensive end, can stretch it out, and as someone who can block some shots but not play great interior defense, he doesn't need to have to if he's alongside Anthony Davis. One of the other names that I've seen is uh... – Brooke Lopez, that name has come up. I don't know. He, I, don't I think we. I think the Vucevic contract, though, at twenty a year that he just signed for with the Bulls, I mm. think that's going to price price him out because Brooke Lopez is is uh, I think a little bit better center right now at this stage than than Vucevic. 
Yeah, even though he's a little bit older. Um, again, you never know. You might want to come back to L.A. I mean, I'm not saying it's, that's what's going to happen. You, know, you never Shouldn't know. Shouldn't let but, him go uh, in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think it's because of the system. Who was the, who's the coach back then? Was it Dan Tony? Uh, or was it Walton? Because Dan Tony hates, hates – oh, Walton. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Walton. Yeah, I think it's just, a, you know, it was based on, you know, the style of uh, basketball that they wanted to play. But, um, yeah, Christian was – he's not as big as Brook Lopez, so I don't know um, if we'll get the job done. But um, I do think that, you know, having a center, a true center that can stretch the floor like Brook Lopez or Christian would, would help Anthony, Anthony Davis. But then you're going to see Anthony Davis play on, play on the perimeter. He's going to take a lot of, you know, weird shots that he usually does. So I don't, I don't know if that's the best move. But, uh, you know, having, having a, at the minimum a, a big that can at least come off the bench and give you some good minutes, I think that will be helpful. Well, I didn't. I didn't say off the bench. I'd say start alongside, because you, you know, again, I'm saying either or, either or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. like you said, I know he came off the bench for for Dallas, but he, I think you could put him either way. Joe, you and I talked about Christian Wood as a possibility, with I think the possibility that that Brook Lopez might be priced out of what we can afford to offer him, no matter what salaries we move. It looks like someone may Christian Wood may be a a decent alternative for what we need as far as someone that can play the five. Anyone, anyone, but what we have now would be an improvement. Even. Although Scarlet and blue says no. So. No one would. No one would. He's puking as we speak on that. And he no. does have that rep. He has burned a lot of bridges, so I can uh, understand. It's worth the risk because you need that talent and you need that height. You How many more seventeen-point centers are you going to find that shoots? You're not. You're not going to find that, especially at a possibility of getting them at 12, five, 12 four. Yeah. If if that's there, if that's available, you take it. We need a center that can score, and at least give us some kind of presence there, either on defense or offense. We don't need him to be uh, Alonzo Mourning or, or or Dwight Howard on defense. We just need a competent center that can play 25 to 30 minutes. And that is a huge benefit for everything, not just AD, the whole offense, the whole team. Then you can run it back with the current guards that you have and hope that Schroeder plays the way he's been playing and hope that D'Angelo Russell can get past this mental block when there's a little bit of pressure on him in the playoffs. And that's, that's, that's all you can do at that point. What else can you do? I don't know about this conversation that everybody's having, but Jersey Mike's hands down over subway. I, I see the, Oh, you know, what is greater than what Jersey Mike's subway. Why is that even a question? I don't know. Why is that even a question? Did somebody's rooting for don't, subway? Don't, doesn't subway make uh, their sandwiches with uh, yoga mats? Now, now, hold on. Stone is only now. Stone, clarify this for. Or did they change that? Well, no, no. Stone is only only boycotting around his area due to the franchise owner. He's not boycotting <laughs> because the food is that correct? You guys know you're pumping up both businesses without <laughs> getting paid for it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I am. I am a. Uh, I, I'm Although a single. Food. Yeah, I'm a solo man boycotter. Um, this is my per- own personal boycott because I am extremely petty, uh, and my previous owner was a jerk so he owns like the several around me but it's obviously a franchise so i don't really care if people eat there or not it's it's pretty much just comes down to i'm petty so that's okay. the only reason i don't eat there okay for the <laughs> but best they are, it- they are they clear 
subway by a lot they're like i actually uh secretly really enjoy jersey mike their their sandwiches are really good i just don't eat there anymore just go somewhere else then outside that area i just make so. my own at this point um there you go. <laughs> but but uh i i will say um just because really you were part of our christian wood conversation what did you yeah think just of, to uh, touch on that like I've, I've actually been a long time like fan of Christian Wood for who he is. Like, I think he's a really good shooter as a big, uh, offensively very skilled. The motor runs somewhat low at times. I, the off-court stuff, I, I mean, it's hard. I don't really have a, a gauge on that. I, like, we hear what we hear from reports, but it's hard to know if you're not in the locker room to know what really is going on behind the scenes, who's putting out what. and um, But from just an on-court perspective, I like what he brings to the Lakers on offense. I think it's important though to, if you're big, your backup big needs to have some sort of rim protection. That's where we absolutely failed. I think uh, as a team this year, once AD was sitting, it was just getting to the rim at will. Uh, and I think it would be the same with Christian Wood. Like uh, Christian Wood doesn't change that. He's in pretty much an atrocious, horrible defender for everything good. He does on offense. Um, and you're you're just gonna get obliterated at the rim. I, but what do you? So what would you would you be interested in the twelve four for Wood because he does no. have some. No, I, I think I, he I, does have some rim protection values. It's just man to man defense. He's absolutely awful at. Yeah, I think he. Uh, I I think he's okay with rotation. I think he's like not the best leaper sometimes recognitions off like there's things that go into rim protection that I don't think Christian Wood has all the the attributes of and I would like it the problem is what I'd be willing to give for him is probably the biannual exception and that's just not really going to be like a you know that he's going to get a lot more than that from someone else and at that point I'd rather use the 12.4 like if, if I had the option between him and Bruce Brown it's Bruce Brown like you know seven days a week twice on Sunday for me um, and I think, I think the market's going to explode on, on, on Brown. I think the market is down to three for Brown. I think it's down to the Lakers nuggets and Mavericks. And I think one of those three teams is going to be there. It's how much does he value being on that championship team with the nuggets or how much is he willing to start somewhere else with an, in an expanded role as a starter with the Lakers or Mavericks on probably a full MLE. Because again, like I agree with you that he's probably worth more on an open market. But when you look at the other teams that have cap space, it's they just don't have that like interest in in spending that sort of money on on somebody like Brown. Because all of them are not contending. Is Brown really want going to want to go to like a lottery team to get um, you know a few extra million dollars? I'm not really sure. So I think it, it's probably down to those three teams for Brown. Um, I don't I don't know how you know much of a front runner the Lakers would be, but I, I think the fact that they're in probably that final three is is interesting at the very least. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers 
always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is our NBA and also sandwich free agency special here because the conversation keeps on flowing. Uh, Search and Destroy put up my LinkedIn page up there. I was going to ask, do I, do they uh, actually sell sandwiches there too on my page? Will I start getting orders? Will I start to have to go ahead and honor the orders that come my way of at, the, at my LinkedIn page? We'll see. But it is the Lakers fast break. Before I hit it back to Stone, because he has a list of players, and I know he wants to get to it. Joe, I want to talk to you about real quick as far as the options for the Lakers. Okay, so if Christian's a no, you're talking about Bruce Brown. I still think the Bruce Brown there is going to be more bidding than just Dallas, the Lakers, and and the Nuggets. I really think it's going to he he is going to be a hot commodity here come 3 p.m. tomorrow. I think there's going to be someone that comes out of the woodworks to go ahead and give him a highball offer. What are the options that you're looking at outside of then, you know, that might help the Lakers right away? I'm going to throw a little shade on this. And I've said it before uh, with certain players of the past and, and most recent, be careful of the contract year player. Be very careful. And the Lakers need to be the most careful because those who shoot well in a non-Laker uniform usually don't shoot as well when they put on the Laker uniform. So we want to, you know, temper our, our enthusiasm for the hot flavor of the month. I think the Lakers need to focus on a big for the MLE. Someone like Christian Wood, someone like Brooke Lopez, even though I think he's going to be priced out. But I think that needs to be a priority just in case there is an avenue to that. Then I would go to the guard situation because if you don't solve that frontline issue that you have, it's going to be harder to play against the Jokic when you face him in the playoffs again. And that's something you have to adapt to. And if you don't, then you're going to be playing catch-up during these series, and you're going to have to have LeBron and AD playing out of this world. Otherwise, you're not going to win those series. <laughs> so I ask you, Stone, as the uh, conversation... I'm sorry, I've been paying attention to the the stand-up com- comedians tonight. They've been absolutely They've been pretty good. They've been on fire. It's the, it's the best chat room that's out there. It's the Lakers fast break. So, Stone, I will turn it over to you. Okay, the Lakers have the 12.4. They have the 4.5 biannual. They have the vet minimum still, re- still remaining. You know how much the Lakers have as far as room with the cap and all that and how much they go over and all the, the different intricacies, what you can play with. So let's say you are in the command room. Let's say you are where we want you to go in that NBA boardroom of an NBA team. We'll just say the Lakers at this point. What is the list, the magical list of players that you've got? And then I'll turn it over to John for his thoughts on that as well. Yeah. So first, like I developed a list of what this team really needs, right? We need shooting. The three priorities to try and solve, I think, for this team is shooting primary initiation i think we have a lot of secondary playmakers guys like schroeder delo austin reeves all those guys are great at second side attacking attacking tilted defenses if 
the defense is slightly out of position, they could take advantage of that. But generally speaking, they're not the ones creating that initial advantage. So I think finding a point guard that can do that uh, is somewhat important. And then also rim protection. So those are like the three team needs I have listed. Uh, realistically, I think the goal would be try and solve two out of those three. Um, and, you know, hopefully you can address the third one at the trade deadline. But um, I think realistically, you're probably going to solve two of those three things. So if you look at the full uh, non-taxpayer MLE, which is what we'll be working with, we're um, an over-the-cap team. Uh, and I learned all this. I'm a, I'm a cap space dummy. Um, but at, at my good friend, Stephen Bagel, if you follow him, uh, he's a cap wizard. Uh, you can follow him on uh, Twitter, and he has his own podcast, the Bird Rights Podcast. Very smart guy. Uh, he told me a lot of stuff today because uh, I was trying to figure out what the Lakers have to work with. Um, they have their non-taxpayer MLE because we're an over-the-cap. Uh, we're going to be operating over the cap. So we have our full 12.4. We have our biannual, which is 4.5. Those are the two things we have. We can't combine those exceptions for anyone that's listening, but we can split those exceptions in any way we want to. So if we want to divide that non-taxpayer MLE three separate ways, we can do that if we want. But there's no uh, combining those two things. We have our vet minimum uh, and that's going to be for guys, you know, at the bottom of the barrel. So I'll start with the non-taxpayer MLE targets, uh, which would be that 12.4. I would expect the Lakers spend that all on one person. I do not foresee them really going out to try and split it between a couple guys. I think the Lakers try and spend that all just in, in one dump and, and try and get these guys with that full money uh, to attract them over here. So Bruce Brown uh, is, is top of my list. Uh, I'm very in on Bruce Brown. I think he's been a great player since he got drafted to the Pistons. Like I, I've followed his career for a long time. He can play backup point guard. He can play, you know, pinch starting point guard. He can be the power forward that goes for the Nets. Um, and there, there's just so many ways to utilize him that I think that's very important. And he can contribute in a lot of different ways. So I'm, I, I think he's definitely worth that 12.4. Another guy who's under the radar and probably would get matched, I, I would assume, would be P.J. Washington. Uh, he's a restricted free agent, so obviously the team has the ability to match that. I would expect the Hornets to do that, uh, and he would be like probably my last target because of that. I don't want to uh, do what Joe was saying earlier and just put that money towards somebody and then have that money locked up for 48 hours. I would rather you know, try and get somebody else instead of missing out, um, but he's an option there for sure. Um, as a wing, a forward, you can space the floor and, and be your help side rim protector. Like I think ultimately he'd be the perfect four or five next to Anthony Davis. But the fact that he's restricted obviously limits the the viability of that happening. Um, Kelly Oubre is someone I would be interested in spending the full 12, 12 and a half million on. He's very up and down, um, very streaky, but we don't have many two-way wings, right? Uh, I think Rui became that for us. Um, and then after that, you have you're hoping Max Christie takes that step. Um, I don't think Max Lewis is probably going to be on the full roster this year. I'd expect he's on two A. So then you're left with who else is the two A wings? It's Rui and who? And and the answer is pretty much nobody. So I think Uber uh, is somebody that can do that for us. Um, and then Karis Levert is the other guy I had mentioned. I have not heard Karis Levert's name at all during free agency, uh, but I think he's interesting as somebody that can be. Uh, a pretty high-level shooter at times, uh, somebody that can attack uh, the rim. Uh, he's had injury concerns in the past. 
oh well everyone does at some point like that's the way i view injuries honestly is you're injured until you're not like anthony davis had a whole bunch of injury concerns year after year uh, and then this year he was pretty healthy for us so you're healthy until you're not and then you're not healthy until you are right it, it goes both ways um so those are the names i have for that and then i'll go quickly through the other two because i feel like i'm talking for a long time um for the biannual exception torian prince is interesting for me spending that five and a half million on somebody like that really high level shooter uh not a two-way wing everyone thinks that because you're a wing you're automatically a two-way player that is not the case torian prince sucks on defense but he is a really high level shooter um josh richardson is a two-way wing uh, that i'd be interested in i think that he is somebody that can defend the perimeter really well can be a floor spacer he's declined over the past few years but is still probably worth the bae to me uh matisse thibel i think he probably prices out more than a uh, biannual but if he were it to be shocks available me because for that, he can only literally play one end of the court he's a one-way player 100 and he's a liability on offense but you're talking about a biannual exception. You're not going to get your, you know, the best player available with that sort of five and a half million dollars salary slot. And, but as a one way player, he's exceptional on defense. Uh, we don't really have that sort of stopper on this team. Uh, and I think we could definitely use somebody like that. Um, Schroeder is probably who we use it on. And I'd be okay with that. If we're spending just five and a half, anything more than that, I'm probably out on um, Terrence Ross is interesting as an, instant bucket getter Dennis Smith Jr. as a backup point guard who can defend the point of attack Seth Curry as an off ball guy who can really get shots and then I'll just list off really quickly the vet minimum guys uh, which would be like Troy Brown Jr. Neil Aquina and like Dylan Windler those are the guys I think that on uh, vet min contracts could pan out and, and maybe be rotation guys what about someone like, and I'll get it to John here in a second. What about Yuta Wananabe, who's been, uh, Z has talked about, I've talked about, uh, I want to know your thoughts on Yuta. Very, you know, he did start off like gangbusters. He led the league in three-point shooting for early part of the year, over 50%. It trickled down to about 42, 43%, and he did get out of the rotation in Brooklyn, but he is a 6'9 forward. Could possibly play a little for you. Again, defensive issues aside, what are your thoughts on Yuta? Yeah, so I think Yuta's really interesting, obviously, with the Raptors, uh, was utilized really well, I think, and when he went to the Nets, uh, really came on as a shooter. I don't think he's that level of shooter moving forward, but I do think he's a, a pretty strong shooter. Can maybe be that help side rim protector. I view him more as, yeah, a, a vet minimum bet. Like, that that's who you're trying to take flyers on, right? Somebody that has not fully reached their potential, not fully panned out, but maybe they can with your team. And I view, uh, I view him in that way. One other guy I had sort of in that range would be Jackson Hayes from the Pelicans. I think they probably give up on him at this point. Uh, hasn't panned out, but he is a big that can really protect the rim and he's super athletic. So I'd be interested on him. I'd rather spend vet minimum money on somebody like Jackson Hayes than the full 12 and a half million on somebody like Wood, I think as a big, um, I know Yuta, uh, I tweeted out and <laughs> I, I've tweeted a lot. And this is for some reason, the tweet that blew up for me uh, that uh, Johan Buha had said that, that Cam Riddish and Yuta were linked to the Lakers and a bunch of people, you know, went crazy over that. Super happy. Um, Cam Reddish is not someone I think is rosterable. I would not be interested in him for any amount of money. 
Um, he's just not good at basketball. Um, and I think, you know, there, there's a few other guys that are linked. I know Javon Carter, Corey Joseph, and Shake Milton were all linked earlier to the Lakers as they're targeting them. Um, and there's going to be a lot of other vet minimum guys. I'm sure every team has a list of them. Uh, but Yuta would probably be, you know, up there as one of my first preferred type guys in that sort of uh, pay range. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Breakers or NBA free agency preview. The questions are still out there. We're trying to answer them for you here. We're still getting news and notes from what's going on with free agency. So we look forward to our free agency special starting tomorrow, Friday at 3 p.m. But we'll start it at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Pacific. Free agency starts at 3. We'll be on beforehand with all the latest news and notes and what happens with our opinions on what's going on with the NBA John McCallion, I wanted to ask you this. You heard the list from Stone Hansen. I noticed you had some comments on some of the thoughts on Stone during your, what he was suggesting. Some were good. Some were a little bit you know, in a different direction. Your thoughts on some of the suggestions that Stone put out there? Sorry, can you, can you just refresh my memory of what the original question was? What did you think of the list that Stone made? Uh I mean, Stone keeps up with, with, you know, potential targets way more than I do. So, <laughs> um, but um, I noticed he made some comments on one or two of them. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I was actually reading in chat to see, you know, what, what other um, like Levert. Levert. Yeah. Levert. I don't know about Levert. Um, I, th- I think we could do a little bit better than him. I like, I like Seth Curry, but I don't know. He's just, he's just too inconsistent for my liking. Um but again, you know, it depends on, um, and someone suggested Kemba Walker. I wouldn't even touch Kemba Walker with a temper pull. Um, I mean, his knees, my God. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it really, it's, it's really going to come down to what, what the Lakers, how much Lakers have left once they sign the players that they want to. Like I know, um, you know, uh, signing Austin Reeves, Rui, or those are the top two priorities. And then probably D'Angelo Russell as well, because he wasn't great in the playoffs, but, you know, he, I think he'll be good in the, in the season because it's a long season. You know, I think as long as Russell's in there, LeBron can play less. Um, I just, it's just going to come down to, you know, how much we have left. Um, you know, I don't really have a problem with, with, you know, some of the names that Stone threw out, but, you know, but again, it's just going to come down how much we have left. One of the things I wanted to save until later in the show was the discussion of some Gerald does not want Tristan Kardashian Thompson back. through <laughs> Love you, man. Got all the love and respect for you. But uh, yeah, no, no, no way that happens again. Uh, we've already had to endear. Sure about that. Time. Yeah. <laughs> People are just saying that that was that 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 one play where he did, ran down the court. So they're they're just like that one play. You see, Tristan Thompson can do it. He can do it at the Y don't expect him to do it in the NBA for 82 games, but Joe, I wanted to bring you back in on this. My friend, when it comes to D'Angelo Russell, we've not spoken about him. I wanted to leave him for another part of the show. D'Angelo Russell is someone that again, the Lakers have to make a decision on because he is a free agent. We've talked about, you know, where he originally, when he first got traded, how much he wanted to go ahead and thought he would be valued at. And then obviously we saw his fall from grace in the playoffs your thoughts on what the you know the the market is for D'Angelo, and do you think that he's actually going to have a market out there that the Lakers need to go ahead and match? No, I don't think there's a market out there that would exceed twenty million dollars, maybe twenty-two or something like that, but not not much more than that. 
Lakers bring him back for uh, a few reasons. Number one, they need a point guard. Number two, they need a point guard that can score. Number three, they need a point guard. So that's it. That That's my reference from dodgeball, by the way. So uh, what your thoughts though on D'Angelo, what should, should they resign him? And yes, what, what absolutely. For? Yeah. You need, you need him. You need him for, for, for talent purposes and you need him in case there is something that materializes during the year. Uh, should someone demand a trade? The only the only deadline trade that could happen next year is if a big star that could tip you over to title contention or title favorite, I should say, not contention, uh, is is uh, making sure you have enough salary, and he's 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 going to be a big integral part of that. Uh, so he'll he'll do his job. He'll do his job during the regular season, and the Lakers need his talent and his youth to keep things balanced, keep things away from LeBron as much as possible during the 82 game season. Rui is the one I'm really waiting for. I believe we're getting, we're keeping Austin. We're keeping D'Angelo. Rui's the one I'm going to wait on. I'm waiting on that one. That's the one. If they don't keep him, then we're going to have some interesting decisions on Rob's part at that point. I don't know. I don't know how this plays out. I, I, it's It's been quiet because of Adam Silver putting his foot down where normally right around this time, there's already massive links, uh, leaks, I should say, but we're not getting that this year. Now everyone's like, okay, we'll, we'll make the announcements maybe a, an hour or so before the official trade, the official season starts for free agency and then at that point we can probably make a decision probably within the first few hours on which direction the lakers are going to go based on that very very uh, good thoughts there so that's uh, obviously what joe's thinking stone do you differ in any way or do you think that it is valuable that we resign of course austin reese but d'angelo russell and Rui as well yeah i think Austin is, you know, a one priority. Um, I think Dila's a priority as well, and I don't think it's necessarily for basketball reasons. I think I would sign Dilo and try my hardest to move him at the trade deadline uh, for maybe a wing that would really help us. Somebody, like I said, that is is more of like that primary initiator that can really just, you know, put a lot of rim pressure for the lakers team um without having to use a bunch of screens or uh, attack second side like i think that's really important um and i don't think Dilo really is that and i think he can i mean if you're paying that sort of money 18 to 22 million somewhere in there would be my guess i want that player to be able to play in the playoffs uh and i don't know if i can rely upon Dilo to do that so i i would sign him because you need that salary slot in order to get somebody that maybe can do that. But long-term, I would hope that um, Dilo is not in the plans for super long-term and be able to flip him for somebody that is maybe more of a rotational playoff guy uh, than Dilo can. He's great in the regular season, but I think you have to get somebody for that sort of money that's going to be able to play in the playoffs for every series. And I don't know that D'Lo can. 
some point indeed. John, do you concur with what they're saying in regards to retaining all three of the big names, D'Lo, Austin, or and Rui, or do you differ otherwise? Because D'Lo seems the one that seems to be just like, if we keep him, it's only under certain parameters. He's the one that seems to be floating around. Joe's a little bit higher than I am on him. Uh, again, I see deficiencies in his game in the playoffs that gets easily exploited. Uh, I do think his inconsistency, he, you know, when, when he comes through, it's great because he can kill it for two minutes and just basically take the, you know, help the team take off. Rarely did we get a full playoff game from him consistently, but still when he's hot, he's hot, but when he's not, it's really bad for the team and it shows. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of agree with Joe because um, I think <laughs> Signing Rui is going to be difficult. I don't think it's going to be as easy as it seems because I think um, there's there's going to be a lot of demand for him, you know, because because he's a wing after all, and this is you know, uh, uh, unlike what uh, what Rob said, it's not a guards league, it's a wins league. So um, I think uh, it, again, it all depends on you know, how much how much we sign Austin Reese for because you know if there are a couple teams out there that want to stick it to the Lakers, you know, they make an offer sheet for I don't know thirty million dollars a year or whatever, something crazy. Um, it's going to eat, eat into Rui's uh, potential. Um, capsules if you still want to keep D'Lo and you know like like we we're talking about in the chat um, signing D'Lo is not for you know basketball re- basketball reasons like Stone said it's just uh, to keep the the salary cap there so so we can trade him for you know a better piece um, and you know he, he can also help out in the season so you know it's, it's just mainly for for having him as a trade piece but yeah Rui I think Rui is going to be the most difficult signing for sure once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It's our NBA free agency preview special. Looks like everyone out there in our chat is still going strong, so we are as well. So I ask you, Joe, with that in mind, again, still several hours away from when 3 p.m. happens and everything lights up, where are you thinking the Lakers are going to go? I know I asked you before their intention and whatnot, but you know, your thoughts don't always align with the front offices. And then obviously that gets you mad and we hear it here at the show afterwards. Where do you think Rob is going to lean to first? I don't hear any rumors on where he's going to lean to first. I don't see any of that as of yet. So where do you think after re-signing the individuals you're hoping to re-sign, where do you think as far as a piece that they need to go ahead and get, where do you think they're going to be leaning into? Is there a name that you're you're hearing out there? No. Okay. All right. Well, you say I imagine stuff sometimes when I say stuff. So you just imagined again. Okay. This thing with I'm not in line with the organization. What does that even no, mean? No, it's not the, it's the truth. You've disagreed no, with the front not, office actually. before. It's not. Okay. I've never so, said that. So you have did di- you have never disagreed with the front office decision making. You just before. did it again. You just it, did it, it again. Either or. You're imagining it, stuff. It can't be. You're imagining either or. things I'm saying. It's either you do or you don't. It's you I don't know if they put some kind of uh, I don't know what kind of uh vinegar they put in that uh Jersey Mike sandwich, but it's I don't it's, like it's vinegar. throwing you off. I don't like vinegar. The, the Lakers need two position it was a Philly cheesesteak. They need it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Uh there's two positions they need desperately a shooting guard a legitimate shooting guard someone who can make a shot which bruce brown does fill that role then they need a center who can play how just play play well not be 45 percent from the free throw line and get into foul trouble foul trouble every game we need those two spots filled. 
If we can do that, we keep the guys that we got on top of that. Now you got guys that are a year in even more, like Rui, Austin, uh, Rando. And if they improve slightly, that bridges that need to go find someone even more, even though you do hopefully fill, fill those two slots that you need anyways. It's, it's about preservation. The 2024 season is about preservation. A lot of the reasons why the Lakers ran out of gas at the end of the year, yes, Denver put the screws to them, but that also was the case because the Lakers were playing game sevens for four months. That's what they were playing for, for four months was, hey, every game pressure, every game pressure. If we keep losing these games, we're going deeper and deeper into the no playoff section. And once they made the trade, now it's we got to catch up to what we've lost. And they check, get caught up little by little by little by, by little. And then we're able to get into the play-in, win a game, and then went balls out and won the first two series in the uh, in the playoffs with, with with them being underdogs, and then finally ran out of gas uh, in, 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 in the Western Conference Finals. So now, do what you did those four months. The only difference is you'll have more depth, you'll have more practice time, you'll have more chemistry time, and you'll have a coach who, sorry, Stone, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to hear this, but we're going to need a coach that inspires at the very least. Can can Darvin Ham inspire? Can he inspire? His rotations were abysmal during the regular season. He improved in the playoffs, which gives me a little hope that now that he'll have a team that he can open training camp with and know that they'll likely be there the whole season, maybe he'll improve a little bit, a little bit there as well. And more important than anything, and I've said this maybe 10 times already, LeBron James cannot play more than 30 minutes a game at any point during the season other than big games, which there's no regular season game that's big at this point, unless it was meant to be a second seed, getting the first seed or something like that. But even those don't matter anymore. The Lakers proved that you can get into the get into the playoffs and still be uh, uh, a, a dangerous team. And now it's time to focus on making sure that this team is healthy going into the playoffs, making sure LeBron is fresh. And the only thing that we have to just really, really cross our fingers on is that AD can play 70-plus games. If AD plays 70-plus games, he will win Defensive Player of the Year and be a top-five MVP candidate. And that's what I would tell AD. If you guys haven't seen pictures of AD in the last few weeks, he looks like he's in really good shape right now. Yeah, I just saw an Instagram photo of him uh, with someone. I forgot who it was. But, yeah, he, he, looked, he looked really good. Yes, yeah, he looked good. Like so if he plays 70 games, he will win Defensive Player of the Year next year. And it would help to have someone like Christian Wood, Brooke Lopez to be there to solidify it. Just like when McGee was there. Just like when Dwight Howard is there. Look at look at 2020 as the template, guys. Look at that as the template. Now, the only issue is we're not going to get that LeBron ever again. But that's where you put the right players on this team to make up for it, which you do have a young Austin Reeves who's on the, on the come up. You have Rui who showed that pressure made him turn him into diamonds in the playoffs. 
Well, keep keep that ball rolling, guys. Keep that ball rolling, and let's let let the youth uh, get their minutes, get their points. That'll make them happy. And right now, obviously, you got to give them their money. Give them their money, and then give them get them their points while while the season's going. LeBron is one of the most unselfish players in the history of the NBA for this a star of his magnitude. So use that, use that. Go back to LeBron dishing the ball out like you did in 2020. Let him win an assist title again. That's that's how I'm looking at this. John, I want to send it over to you. You had asked, uh, I think, earlier in the chat just a couple seconds ago in regards to a possible surgery for LeBron or AD. We've seen AD work out in the gym. I was mentioning that, and Blue Magic brought it up, so I appreciate it. I saw that IG photo of him the other day working out. If he did get a surgery, it was not made public. Uh, we were worried about a you know, bone chip floating around in his foot, and obviously the problems are, but looks like he's just going to go ahead and and do more workouts and extensive workouts and just not avoid any surgery. With LeBron, he said, and he told the press this at the time, if I get a surgery, you guys will never know until I let you know. And uh, we saw him overseas palling around with Draymond and some other individuals. He was doing some type of party or some type of function in Paris, I believe it was. So he's uh, jet-setting in the Mediterranean once again. So I don't know if he's had time to go ahead and get a surgery, or at least he didn't look like he was going to. So I guess both guys are going to go ahead and just rest it out and just see what they can do to go ahead and get ready for this upcoming season. Cause I don't think LeBron is going to retire either, but I ask you with that in mind and the Lakers, yeah, I know Joe, but I have to go ahead and mention it. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but let me go ahead and get to John. John we're we're already ahead. getting yahoos out there predicting that he's going to Atlanta because mock drafts say that Bronny's going to Atlanta at 17. Correct. That's, that's, how, that's how worthless these internet idiots are. Or Stone, me in general. Stone, what do you have Bronny so, mocked at right now? They have such trash ability to entertain or get any relevant information. They have to talk about something that's not even possible. How the hell do you even know Atlanta's going to have the 17th pick? Exactly. And LeBron's wearing an Atlanta jersey. Like, just stupid. Just clickbait garbage. <laughs> Stone, do you have your 24 mock draft already done? Yeah, see, that's what I thought. <laughs> Still First of all, away. Stone is a draft guy. These guys aren't draft people. They're idiots online that for some weird reason people are watching and listening to and clicking on their garbage just so they can see LeBron in another jersey. Come on, guys. Wake the hell up. Try to go. Stop shopping at Walmart. Seriously. It's a metaphor, too, by the way, in case you guys. It literally and a metaphor. Stop going after cheap garbage enough already lebron it to atlanta really <laughs> blue magic bronze go to the shanghai sharks oh my gosh but john let me head it back to you my friend uh, when it comes to what we're seeing with free agency and what the lakers can and cannot do you've heard now they have the 12-4 mid-level they have the 4-5 biannual they have those veteran minimums between one and two you know you pick the number in there your thoughts though on exactly what the lakers need to focus on and who they might be a target if you were running them if you were at the lakers right now sitting in the command chair where would you go and what direction would you hit to go ahead and for the lakers come tomorrow again like uh we don't know what what rob's is seeing um you know we can only 
see the um, the potential free agents and um, you know what we're hearing out there. But I think, um, like I said, I, I think if we could sign Bruce Brown, that'll be huge. And then got to get a you know couple good centers. Um, and to be honest, we don't. In my opinion, we don't. We we don't need a lot of adjustments as long as we can you know resign Austin Reeves, which I expect them to really. Uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, get a couple of really good centers and um, Bruce Brown. I think I think that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know if we need anything else. Well, that's the thing, though, when it comes to that. If you sign Bruce Brown, you're going to have to sign him for the 12-4. So yeah. that leaves you four-five and the veteran minimums to sign those centers. Who do you think would be available at that price? Maybe if Christian Woods, uh, you know, reputation precedes him everywhere that four or five could somehow magically go, you know, in that hit direction, if he'd be interested in doing a one year, but I seriously doubt that your thoughts on where the Lakers would go then for center Mason Plumley. I don't know, maybe someone else. How much, uh, w- w- what does a Nasri usually go for? Like what was the last contract? Not, no, Nasri, he just, he just signed Nasri okay. uh, and he signed for, tw- I think, 12 and a half, 13 oh, million off the uh, 14 and a half, yeah. 14 and a half. Okay. Which is, yeah, that's again, that's a lot for yeah, him. that's another overpay in my opinion, especially for yeah. a team that already has two more centers that you need to play a playing time, but okay. Minnesota loves its centers. Your thoughts though, on where the Lakers would go to next. To be honest, I've, I've been really keeping up with, uh, with who's available for center, but I don't know. I, I know that, you know, putting AD at the four and having a center at the five, you know, could, could potentially help him, um, you know, stay healthier throughout the season. But at the same time, I think it's going to completely change the, the, the way the team plays. So I don't know if that's the best option uh, for me. I'd rather keep 80 at the five and have, you know, a couple of serviceable centers coming off the bench, you know, especially like, well, at we, crunch we have... time, guess who goes back to the five. That's 80. fine. That's fine. But you have to have, Dogs. <laughs> you have to have dogs at the perimeter. You got to have a KCP and yeah. an Alex Caruso so that so that AD is not having to guard everyone's guy. Yeah, it's important, guys. It's important. You saw what you heard. What I just said. They ran out of gas. They ran out of gas because the moment this is not Shaq and Kobe in their primes, guys. We were able to get through it when they, those guys were playing. Because I remember those times. As soon as Shaq sat down, we had to worry about John Sally that yeah. first year. And then, I don't even what, Samaki Walker in 2 whatever. Just God help us, right? But <laughs> the, the the thing is here is, That's guys. That's what I said at the time. You're trying DJ to Bando. remedy. You are trying to remedy what ultimately messed you up at the end. It was a combination of a team on, on, on a mission, which was Denver. But at the same time, the Lakers had two games in control in that series that should have made it 2-2. They didn't close it out because they ran out of gas. I don't want AD playing. I don't care what Lucas says. I don't care what anyone says. I do not want AD playing the five on a regular basis. I do not. You will, you will run him down. Because the way he plays defense is different than the normal center or the normal power forward. This guy plays like a like 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 he's Troy Polamalu to me in terms of defense in the NBA. He is everywhere, and that will tend to wear you down, especially if you got to deal with a Nikola Jokic. 
And you're going to have to deal with him. Teams form their teams. When they lose to a prominent team like that, they now have to make sure they are ready for that same guy and that same team the following year. Priority one right now is we have to get a center that's above the serviceable route. If we don't get that, then it's likely going to have to be a Mason Plumley type, right? That at least will take up the spot, at least you know he knows how to play that position, versus someone like Mo Bamba, who looked like he was in the Amazon when he was playing. He didn't know where the hell he was, okay? And then if you can't get that center, you need to get guards that can shoot. And you need to get an offense that makes sense for every one of those guys. Get open shots. Get Vando in the gym this summer shooting a thousand threes from that corner. If he hits that, if he hits that shot twice a game, it changes the entire dynamic of that offense. Because his defense and his hustle will be used. And he can be the KC, one of the case, one either KCP or Alex Caruso on defense, at least for us. And then all you need is hopefully, let's say if you get a Bruce Brown, now you got that, that now you got those guys. Now you got your two dogs in front of AD. And then AD can better kind of play free safety a little without having to be really guarding three guys. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's it's a lot of stuff, guys. And and we're we're gonna have to it's gonna have to be figured out probably day one. Once once we know where where everyone's going, then you can decide is it gonna have to be a big right off the bat, or if we have to you know go the guard route uh, if those guys are picked up or get paid too much. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, John McCallion, and Stone Hanson, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. But before we head on out, I do want to go ahead and bring Stone back in. You put in very loud ballpoint pen on your notepad there. Jackson Hayes, what do you think is a realistic, do you think we can get him for the vet minimum? And, uh, you know, where would you do? Would you just bring him off the bench, start him? Because... You saw what kind of thing, you know, he had that issue, I think, at LAX, at the airport. I think he had an issue off, off as far as, was it a gun issue? I, I don't uh, remember exactly. He had, he had a, like a domestic dispute issue. Okay. That okay. was public because there, there was a domestic dispute. The, the cops went there, and then something happened with the cops where he and a cop got in an altercation. I I think it might have been in LA, but I don't remember if it was LA or New Orleans. I think it was LA, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, so I mean, what can you what realistically can he do for us if we do sign him for let's say the minimum? Cross my yeah. fingers. Um, I think he does two things well, and that's uh, block shots and uh, operate well from the dunker spot as a lob catcher. Like he's. Uh, extremely athletic, um, has an insane catch radius as a lob threat, uh, and has he's a very quick leaper as a um, rim protector. And I think that's pretty much all you're going to be asking for of somebody that you're going to be paying that sort of money to. Uh, and I think he could fill that role quite well. So I, I'd be interested in, in taking him on for that and taking that sort of risk. Yeah, and like well, do you, as far you could really start him though, could you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't. I, I think so. I, he's better than Plumley, but I don't what, think we're going to be able to get him for the vet minimum. I don't he, think well, he's young still. I, I I think there's vet minimum because I think he's on the fringes kind of, an, or a biannual. 20, I think he's, he's twenty three. Yeah, okay. or a biannual exception. He's just not panned out for them. That so, I would 
be skeptical of I, I would be okay starting him in the regular season the the thing you have to be worried about with a center and this is the whole catch 22 because the center is not available but the the ideal center that the lakers need is somebody in the playoffs that can space the floor because you don't want three non-spacers on the floor at once it's just not really viable if you have lebron ad and another non-spacer or and in addition to that you want them to be able to space the floor and be a rim protector for when ad sits because we saw when whenever ad sat whatever team we're playing is just getting to the rim at will there's no resistance whatsoever they tried so many different ways they tried winion they tried Rui at the five. They tried LeBron at the five. No matter who they put there, it just did not work. Uh, and I'm sorry to tell everyone, Mo Bamba is not going to work any better, and Tristan Thompson isn't either. They just don't have that player. Um, and every every team needs wants that player, that center that can space the floor and and provide rim protection. The Lakers aren't going to be able to get that with a, a mid level exception. They're going to have to trade into that. They can address one of those needs with like Christian Wood. I think that's you know totally fine. Or Jackson Hayes, who's also find in the in the rim protection category that they're gonna get a center that addresses one of those things but not both for 12 and a half million we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast needing an edge for your fantasy football team listen to the guys at inside sports fantasy football for insight that will help you reach your league championship that's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. So let me ask you this. So who do you think could be a bargain call for us for those vet minimums that we might be able to sneak in someone who thought they might have had a better market out there, didn't come through, so now he's just being offered vet minimums all over the place? Who do you think might fall through the cracks? I, I don't really see anyone like it's a lot of mason plumleys out there that are right like kind of neither of those things um uh, or you're getting someone that like you know maybe christian wood does fall through the cracks because uh, i don't think his market's all that hot after you know you're in dallas and he's competing against dwight powell for minutes who's not very good um dwight powell's another guy right maybe he's someone that is some of that backup rim protector but he's not offering you know any sort of floor spacing for you so I think there's a way you can maybe try and split that biennial exception between two guys, one that can maybe space the floor a little bit. Uh, maybe it's somebody like Sarich. Maybe it's uh, somebody like that. And then you get another guy with the other half of it that is more of a rim protector and, and try and split it between two guys because I don't think you're unfortunately going to be able to get it all in one with what the Lakers are, are working with financially. Um, my last thing I'll say is – to everyone watching or listening be very careful of the rumors that you're ingesting even from people like Woj or Shams like mainstream people because oftentimes unless it's a tweet saying they're in advanced discussions or they are sending so-and-so to so-and-so generally speaking a lot of people are fed information because teams and players want leverage. It's a big game in free agency. And a lot of rumors are are put out there and are not true, but they're put out there for the purposes of leverage. So 
if you're watching or listening, be wary of that and don't really buy things until they're fully put out there and reported. It's fun to speculate like we're doing, um, but don't fully buy into every uh, rumor that you hear because oftentimes it's just information that's being fed to reporters. And if you aggregate us, please put the link of our show. At least at us. I know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Indeed. But before we head on out, I'm going to go ahead and make sure Stone gets an update on uh, everybody out there on what's going on with the upside swings. Joe, Mr. Simblades and LakersBall.com. Any thoughts on looking forward to tomorrow? I know everybody's excited on what the Lakers can do, what the Lakers will get, who the Lakers will resign. You're pretty confident the Lakers will get it done. Did I say that? Seemed like it. Get what done? You said you sounded like what is, Rob. What is this, this constant putting words in my mouth when I'm not saying these things? Oh, my God, man. I'm just trying to facilitate conversation with you, which is seemingly harder and harder no, to do. No, you're, after you're all saying these things I'm not saying. What, when did I say that? I said it seemed. Seemed, seemed like like that you. When do I seem? I'm, I'm definite. There's no seem. It seems like that Just like my turf, there's no seam. It looks like one piece. Come on. Well, I hope so. Do better, man. Do better. Come on. Do better. Look, the Lakers know exactly what they want to do in-house. They're going to have to wait to see who is going to get overpaid at the beginning of free agency. That's what I'm waiting for. Who's going to get overpaid? Because I thought Harrison Barnes' contract today was overpaid I thought Vucevic is overpay. I thought Harrison Barnes is overpay, and I thought Nas Reed was overpay. So what does that tell you? There's a there's a there's a rhythm going on here where it looks like everybody's going to get overpaid. It's usually does that mean, does that mean someone's going to offer? Does that mean someone's going to offer D'Angelo Russell three years at seventy five mil? Now what? No, probably not. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. But do you have confidence in the front office getting the job done tomorrow? Uh, define confidence. Okay. You know, uh, Luca, who's always uh, commenting, and always great to hear what his thoughts are, always uh, disagrees. Well, he doesn't always disagree, but he disagrees with us in regards to the track history of Rob Palenka. And for me, it's decidedly mixed. I will say that. Do you think after a nice run during the trade deadline, Rui and obviously D'Lo and Vanderbilt and, you know, everything that we did, you know, and what it did for us, do you think that you have more confidence now in Rob getting the job done and re-signing and gaining players that can help this team win once again? I'll know know that answer once I know what they spend the 12-4 on. No, that's why we're doing a preview, man. That's what I was asking. If they sign, if they sign a... Legit center at, at for twelve four, yeah. But your questioning is is rather vague. You knew he was gonna get bet take another shot performed before we had Yeah, it's 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 just not it doesn't do anything for me. These are not uh these are the ideas these are elementary questions. What do I think? Am I confident in the Lakers making the right calls? What am I supposed to say? No? You can't yes. say no. Can't no. say yes. No, I it is you can even about, say maybe. This is not is about free country. This is this is not about confidence. This is about which team is going to try to fleece the Lakers. That's how this works. If you've been around the last thirty years watching Laker basketball, with and, and it makes sense, doesn't it? You look at these. Let, let's use the Harden trade as an example. The fact that it's being thrown around that 
the Clippers are going to take all of their, not trash, the stuff that's in the garbage disposal and trade it for James Harden. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that, that trade's going to happen. That only goes to show you that if the Lakers had put that pile of garbage, used vegetables and whatever the hell you put in there, They'd be like, oh, the Lakers are out of their mind. They're going to have to give up 18 different first-round picks before they even have a chance at doing that, right? Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're right. Lakers play in different rules. Fleece the Lakers, and then when the Lakers still get a good deal after you couldn't fleece them, Greg Popovich, Mark Cuban, whomever, will bitch and whine like the punks that they are. And then I'm going to call them out, which is cool because I like calling those two schmucks out. And then we're back to back and back to where you know the Lakers are. That's where they belong. They they make people mad when they get what they want. So it resonates throughout the entire league. So I'm going to try to see and wait which guy right now is going to actually get what he's worth. To me, Christian Wood is in that 10-12 number. If he gets 15 and 20, that's an overpay. Bruce Brown contract year what what i i i don't i didn't even know who he was before this year okay i, I didn't mean that literal but you know what i mean and he he, he plays out of his mind how do we know he's going to do it he's going to do it again we don't and of course if we sign him and he sucks then rob palika is the worst gm in the history of civilization it's easy to say someone screwed up after the fact. Am I right or am I wrong? Didn't say you were wrong. Good. I'm just I'm asking a question. It's being rhetorical. It was a rhetorical question. So I ask those and you seem to chew me out when I do. Well, it's because you keep asking them, and I'm like, well, what the hell else do you want me to say now? Like I've been I've been saying the same damn answer the whole time. And how do you gauge anything until engagement? Uh, am I confident that the Lakers are gonna make the right calls? It's, yeah, sort of, maybe. Because we were so hard on the front office. You're for forced. Well, you, we're, we're hard on the front office because they made a terrible decision that was that was compounded by multiple bad decisions. And when I was positive about them, I got pie in my face. I understood why they went with Taylor Horton Tucker versus Alex Caruso. You were talking about a guy who was showing promise and who was 20 years old versus a guy that was absolutely a fan favorite and a big integral part of the winning championship. But this is the NBA guys as a salary cap. You can't pay everyone. There's a common sense there. So why not go with the guy that's seven years younger that was on the come up and then all of a sudden he hit the crapper. And that's exactly my point. How do we know that these guys are going to come through next year? We don't know that. I got to wait till next year to really make an assessment of this. Whatever happens now, when they grade drafts, maybe not the NBA. NBA is a little easier to gauge. The NFL, oh, this team had a A. I'm like, an A? You don't even you don't even see these guys play yet. I need to see how these guys play. Christian Wood apparently is a detriment to every team he plays for, which is funny too, because we just mentioned Cam Reddick. Uh Reddish, sorry, not Reddick. And everybody, how long has he been? And on what has set? that guy been doing the last three years? Bitching about playing yeah. time. Well, they give you playing time, and then you suck still. So now what? Everybody still wants him on our team. No, no. We do not need that player on this team. Just like 
getting rid of Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, yes, he's got height. He's got the ability to shoot to some degree, but it doesn't work. When it doesn't work, you can't. There was a great line I heard today on the radio. When Pat Riley makes a mistake, he doesn't sit there and sulk. Oh, my God, what did I do? What did I do? I can't get rid of this guy now. I put too much in. I was invested too much in it. I, I picked him too high in the draft. No, you don't get the job done. You're out. More wrong is done by indecision than wrong decision. You ever heard that term? You make a mistake, get rid of it. Forget about it. That's it. And a lot of the gripe with the Lakers, and it was kind of like the worst scenario, though, which is kind of rare sometimes. Usually you do have the opportunity to, to mend the issues. But the Russell Westbrook trade absolutely derailed this franchise for 18 months. And a lot of the reasons why the Lakers progressed so quickly was because that's how bad he was. I'm not trying to addition uh, by subtraction. It was beyond a, 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 a subtraction. It was the biggest subtraction I've ever seen. Think about it, guys. The Lakers sucked for 18 months. Really bad. Be worse than when they were sucking in between 14 and 17. Now, you might look at me and go, wait a minute, Joe. What are you talking about? We won like 17 games then. I go, we didn't have talent. That was understandable. We sucked with two Hall of Famers, LeBron James and AD, because of this guy. And we'll see where he goes tomorrow. Hopefully not back to the Lakers indeed. But are you getting what I'm saying now? Is that is that is that clear? That's good. That's exactly what I want to did do. I, did I get any kind did I get something out of this? I feel like I've just ranted for no reason there. Which is the reason why we still love you be, as being part of the show. We love the Joe Rants. That's again, you got to sell that T-shirt. You'll make a million bucks. But before we head on out, it is Stone Hanson. <laughs> Stone, oh, please give us an update on what's going on with the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Why is Why is Adrian Wojnarowski retweeting political stuff right now? What's he doing? I haven't checked him out in the last minute. Let me, okay, coming up right now. Um, we are, what is it? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. We are 29 hours away from the most exciting offseason in all of sports. And this guy's tweeting about politics. That's how bad sports media has gotten, guys. I'm not, I'm not trying to just overstate this. It's Adrian Wojnarowski, the king of NBA free agency, is retweeting a political article the day before at the on the eve of free agency in the NBA. So just so you guys know, I'm not overreacting with the fact the lackluster talent that's out there. This is like supposed to be the freaking the Michael Jordan of media free agency in the NBA, right? Him and Shams. All right, folks, it's time to set those guys aside. We got the guy here, Stone Hansen. It's Stone Hansen's time now. It's time to get Stone Hansen in that in that spot. This is a joke. This is a freaking joke. Stone, uh, again. I don't want that spot. I don't want to. I don't want to be in the public eye. But um, to that, he, well, he doesn't. He doesn't realize you don't need how to be much the public eye, Stone. You don't need to be in the public eye. You can do those things and and live behind. 
the veil. Yeah, the the amateur NBA analysis anonymous veil. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw all that today. Um, yeah, upside swings is um, it's slowing down obviously with the draft, but uh, we did our draft. We recorded our draft recap today, so that should be dropping at some point this weekend. Uh, we go through every team's draft hall and give a grade to it. Um, and then because we're the absolute sickos that we are, we'll be recording uh, the previews of every summer league roster uh, before summer league starts. Guys that probably will never make the NBA, but maybe, you know, two or three do. Uh, and you can hear about them first on upside swings. Um, then I'll be, uh, I'll be there for summer league. Um, if anybody's going to be out there, uh, feel free to hit me up and, I'm sure I'll, I'll meet Gerald out there uh, along with some other great people. Um, and we'll probably, you know have what, Stone, Stone, I think you and I will go to, we'll go to Walmart and Jersey Mike's. How about that? How about <laughs> just at Walmart to piss off Joe and Jersey Mike's to go ahead and have some lunch. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm going to go shop somewhere where it smells like McDonald's syrup. <laughs> Every time I walked in. <laughs> But uh, go ahead and check out Stone Hansen and the guys today at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing you, my friend, a little over a week from now, I think. Uh, it was just confirmed that Wembyama will not be playing in the California Classic Series. Uh, he'll be playing in Las Vegas. Well, he'll be, start- he'll be, he'll be yes. in Las playing? Yes. Oopsies. He said he'll be playing. We don't know how yes. many games he's going to be playing. <laughs> But he will be playing. I think his first game is on the seventh. Uh, it so is on the seventh, and I, I booked my Vegas. flight to get there just in time for that game because I'm like, I, right. if he only plays one game, I don't want to miss a single one. Uh, so I'll probably have to get tickets for that too, if that's the case. Let me know. You confirm, and I'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and take a, a gander at that and and see what happens. And I know Raphael will probably go ahead and meet up with him too because he asked to uh, see when we. Uh, when uh, we are going to be there. So I'll let him know as well. So looking forward to getting a reunion there going of some great folks right here, along with the Lakers fast break podcast, but Joe, uh, you seem to be having a smile on your face outside of what you were just talking about. Any last thoughts? I'm excited, man, for free agency. Always a great time of the year for the NBA. He's thinking. Yeah. yeah. He's not excited. <laughs> You're not excited for tomorrow. I am. But, I can just tell. But I'm uh, I'm tempering my uh, my expectations a little. Okay. It's well, very man, quiet. It's the quietest I've ever seen the NBA free agency. I do know this. I do feel this though. I do feel that this is. I didn't uh, see that hard move coming. It's not. It's not going to be as bad as it was last summer. I think last summer was was bad. We were wasting our time for a month. Well, let me ask you this. How much do you think – I'm going to ask this both of you guys before we let go. It just popped in my head. How much do you think the new CBA – I know it doesn't take full effect this season, but how much do you think that will go into the thinking for all these teams when they go ahead and look for free agents? Joe, I'll start off with you. I've never heard of a CBA where they're like, all right, guys, we'll give you a year to kind of get things straightened out. What the hell kind of well, that was made, that was for the Clippers and the Warriors and the who, you know, crap like... for what the hell kind of agreement is that? What does that even mean? Hey, we're going to give you a year to iron your shirts. Like, I don't get it. What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. The fact that this deal was signed with no resistance. What? Why? We haven't even gotten an explanation on that. 
why is there still a, a one-year uh, provision in, 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 get, in being eligible to play in the NBA when you have guys that are playing – overseas or the G League to just make the damn thing a you can come out whenever you want. This this whole deal didn't even make any sense. I don't I don't know if it's gonna affect anything anymore. I really don't. I don't think it is. I don't even I don't even think anybody knows what what any of this stuff we're talking about is. So you don't think any of the teams will are going to be guided by what's going to go on tomorrow as far as I mean they're gonna do what most they're gonna do what you know you'll appreciate this. They're gonna do what these video game companies are doing. They'll They'll wait till the last minute to make a decision, and then they'll watch their their garbage implode because they're yeah. they're not organized. Who's organized here? Seriously, maybe the Spurs, maybe Lakers to some degree, Denver maybe. I don't know Miami, but I don't know. I I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me that 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 they need a year to get their stuff in in order. I don't know what I, that doesn't make. I don't get that. I don't know what that means. Why 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 not just make us the set rules and just you know roll with it? But anyways, I um I, I well, the good thing about tomorrow is I think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be clear right out the right out the gate. I'd say within the first hour or two. And once that's done, then we're going to know which direction the Lakers are likely going to go. Stone, do you concur or do you think that the new CBA, which takes effect on the first, do you think that's going to come into play for some of these teams in regards to how they approach free agency? Uh, I think well with long-term money, I think, you know, teams are going to be really trying to make sure that they're not hitting that second apron. Nobody wants to hit it. Uh, the Lakers, you know, after crunching numbers with my friend Steven earlier, um, will be below that first apron, I think. We'll probably be hitting right below it um, with some probably savvy moves and, and maybe being able to get uh, Rui on, like, you know, minimally above the MLE. Uh, I think we should be able to stay uh just below that first tax apron, which is important. And I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at that. I think a lot of teams, uh, a lot of owners, despite being super rich, don't want to pay a lot of money. Um, that's just how it goes. And, uh, you know, the, the fines are heavier with when you hit those tax aprons. So I think it's definitely in play. As far as, like, expectations for tomorrow, um, I really just want us to retain what we already have and hopefully add – a. I'm really just looking to add like a solid two pieces. I'll be happy if we can get like a Bruce Brown uh, and, you know, maybe um, somebody pretty solid with the, the biannual exception. I'll be, I'll be happy with that. Um, Try and and bring back Schroeder, uh, try and, you know, get, get guys like that back um, for, for minimum money. And I think we're, we're doing okay. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably join in join the stream tomorrow. Um, okay. At some That'd be point. Awesome. Yeah, and I probably won't sleep tonight. I'll probably just be, uh, you know, <laughs> texting people and in in scrolling my Twitter for any updates because I'm, uh, I love draft. Like the draft is, you know, my first love and as far as basketball. But it's, it's nice to be able to relax and have some fun when it comes to free agency, and that's what I plan on doing tomorrow. You were talking about your friend of the Birds Rights podcast. Yeah, I'm going to, if you get me his Twitter handle or anything like that, 
Uh, I'm going to try and see if I can get him on the show at some time whenever he's available to go ahead and stop on by. Because oh, you, yeah. you know our crowd has asked on several occasions for the exact parameters to better understand the CBA. I would love him to go ahead and give us a course. And Joe has even said too, and myself, you know, we need to get better educated on the CBA. If he's ever wants to come and stop by on the show, we would be truly honored. That would be awesome to have him on the show to go ahead and talk CBA with us. I know it's nerd talk, basketball nerd talk, and geek talk out there, but you in the chat have asked for it. So we're going to try to deliver for it. I no, said I can, would. We can spice it up, guys. We're not. Larry Coon is a hard guy to get a hold of. I will see if I can bump into him in Vegas, but I'm not counting my blessings on that. We're I not one dimensional here. here. That's the beauty of the show is yeah. even if we have a quote unquote nerd window of discussion, we're, we're, we'll, we'll spice it up. Don't worry about it. That's what we're here for. I'll tell you what, though. It's great to see that everybody out there is so interested in what the Lakers might do, but. My friend, uh, it's just great to have each and every both of you here. Just truly amazing. And then, of course, the best Lakers chat room that's out there right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It's been sensational tonight with all their sandwich suggestions. I guess my LinkedIn you know, page and Joe's uh, new part of his business, Simblades, we both sell sandwiches, apparently. So I didn't even know that. So, uh, I mean, that's great to see. But we did get a definitive answer on on sandwiches and jersey mics and all that so truly appreciate the conversations and you guys were tremendous on your questions on free agency and everything else so you guys kept us going and we're on this uh we were on this almost two hours because you wanted to hear us out there so we cannot thank you enough and truly appreciate it looking forward to everybody's thoughts Uh, i don't know if i'll have jersey mics tomorrow I, i had some tonight i think i'm good on that but We'll wait and see. It is, of course, the Lakers fast break. Again, tomorrow starting at 2 p.m. Pacific, we'll, I'll be on. Laker Tom will be on. Joe will come in. Stone says he's going to drop by during the stream. I know John said, and I do want to thank John McCallion for being on the show tonight. He did have to leave a little early because he's been streaming for quite a while on his channel. Go ahead, subscribe, and our channel as well. He said he was going to be listening, so he can't make it, but I'm hoping to get Jamie Sweet. I asked Laker Nick to stop by, so you never know who will drop by in our free agency special tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Looking like they're going to have a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in our draft. I somehow managed to keep my voice through six hours of podcasting the other night. I don't know Go for six tomorrow. (laughs) Do I have to? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, I won't, but. Um, I'll be listening. (laughs) I don't think I'll do six hours, but at least three. I'll give everybody at least three. How about that? Is that fair enough, Joe? It has nothing to do with whether you want to give them three or six. Okay, if the news keeps flying out. The news is going to dictate whether you're going to go three to six. Okay, how about that? If the news is flying out there. Focus on on the big picture, guys. Come on. Okay. All right. You don't want to. You don't want to bow out at five, and then all of a sudden find out at five fifteen, the Lakers signed some big thing. Then you're like sitting there. We'll just your, come back on. Then I you're know sitting you. there with you know you're sitting in there in the, in the Godfather movie with just your you know what in your hand. Okay. Well, we'll just come back on. You'll tell me, Gerald. We got to go back on. We'll go back on. So I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. Uh, that's what I've heard. You know what that's from, right? Well. I've I've heard that in many movies, but go ahead. No, no, there's one movie. Come on, give me a break. Oh, that James Bond movie with Pierce Brosnan. That's no, what that's no, that's the idea. The no, bad guy only, only slept a couple. Okay, there's, there's only one, one movie. Come on, wake up, people. All right. 
I don't. Am I gonna have to, I have to educate you on on that too? Anyways, it is the Lakers fast break. Don't give me the ahead. silent treatment. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anything, I'm going to go ahead and finish. Can I finish the show at least so I can get some rest? <laughs> Unlike you, I do need some sleep. I do need to edit this show for our audio listeners. We do have hundreds of listeners on audio. Hey, man, you signed up for this. Don't cry to us. All right. I won't cry to you. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. How, I know how much that does for me. But it is the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll be on tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to it. Free agency starts at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. So definitely looking forward to seeing what happens. Who will go where? Who will sign with what? How much will they sign for? And what will the Lakers get? We'll find out at least a little bit of that, if not more, come tomorrow right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.